You're listening to Do That Well with your hosts, Brenda Brown and Karen Thrall, a podcast about real experiences and how to turn them into life lessons. Unscripted, honest, funny, genuine, and passionate. A series of conversations where we explore every aspect of human interaction and provoke each other to do life well. And today on Do That Well, we are going to talk about accountability. And this is a word that you are probably familiar with, and it does seem to be gaining a lot of traction recently, I've noticed. Mm -hmm. I've been hearing more so and seeing more memes and things like that that are about accountability. And the reason that we wanted to talk about accountability today is it can strengthen your trust, it can strengthen your relationships, and it can minimize mistakes or miscommunications that can happen between other people that you know in your relationships as well as at work. So we will talk about what unhealthy accountability looks like. We'll move on to what healthy accountability looks like. And then we'll talk about some solutions and ways that you can start implementing this concept of accountability into your life. Um, We found that if you can really embrace this idea of accountability, it can be really life-giving and it really is something that we want in our lives. Yeah. And I know there's going to be two aspects of it because we have the professional world and we have the personal world and both are very unique. So relationally and your the closest people that you're most intimate with, whether that's a partner or family member, best friend, um, what does healthy accountability look like in a intimate relationship or personal relationship? And what does unhealthy look like and in the workplace? whether you're the boss or you report to a boss or you have a team, like what do you do with accountability and how does a leader show it and how do the team show it? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. So to give you all a bit of context, uh, accountability, I feel personally that it does have a little bit of like a stigma to it. It is almost seen a bit as a negative thing. Have you ever heard someone say, well, they need to be held accountable or (laughs) you need to hold yourself accountable? And I recently in my own personal Mm -hmm. life had a circumstance where I was, I had some hard days and I was feeling really down on myself. Mm -hmm. And I found myself going to this place of thinking, well, I need to hold myself accountable. The reason your friends aren't checking up on you or asking you how you're doing is because you never reach out to them and tell Mm -hmm. them, hey, I need support Mm -hmm. right now. And that really got me thinking about this idea of accountability, like, because I kind of pushed back on myself, on my Mm -hmm. own process. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, Mm -hmm. no, they're my friends. They should check up on me. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. have to ask. So that's why I brought this concept to the table, because it's something that I recently dealt with in my own life of this, this idea of, well, who's accountable? Who owns accountability? Yeah. And And also, I like that um, there's an action like using you as a personal example, there was an action that you did uh, once you said that to yourself, you know, I got to hold myself accountable. Then you, you, there was an actionable item that you could do that you could act it out and do something about it. So it, it gives you a lot of power. Right. To, it, it, you almost get your power back. Definitely. And it also, I was one of the people that you contacted and, uh, <laughs> and it it's really raw and it can be also be a little putting yourself out there. Uh, to to like to keep yourself in self accountability is it can be a little bit scary because you're gonna kind of sh- expose yourself a little bit, but in the end, it's the most beautiful thing, right? So um, yeah, yeah. Okay, 
<laughs> Anyhow, yes. shall we dive right in? Should we just yes. get right into what Let's is unhealthy it. accountability? Let's talk about that. What does it look like when people are showing accountability, but in an unhealthy way? Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll throw out a couple things. Uh, when people get defensive, mm -hmm. so if you have somebody or, or if you even feel, well, I need to be held accountable, but then you might have a, a defensive action towards it and start mm -hmm. deflecting it on somebody mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. So an example for defensiveness is, it, it'd be like a lot in your tone. Well, yeah, but you... Yeah, it would like you just turn it on. So let's say, let's say like the, the classic toilet seat, you know, it's the classic the old school toilet seat. Why didn't you put the toilet seat down? Well, you've got two hands. Why don't you do it? Why do you, what does it matter? Like, it's that thing of, it's just, you feel more defensive. So the way you're hearing the person uh, you want to self-protect mm -hmm. and in the workplace, I would say defensiveness is, well, I, but I did this and this. So let's say the let's say someone said you didn't get your report done to me in time. But I had all these other things I had to do, and I told you ahead of time that it was really hard for me to get it to you on time. That would be a defensive approach to accountability. And probably the other negative side of, of accountability is that you feel personally attacked, and that's something too to like when we're confident and really secure in ourselves, we can. We can entertain any conversation because we're at peace, we're calm, we're content, we're confident. So we can entertain any type of conversation. So that person, when you feel personally attacked, you might be viewing accountability. Either the person that's talking to you might be being assertive or aggressive, or you might not. You may not be feeling very confident about yourself in that moment. So mm -hmm. I think attack is another one when you feel personally attacked. Definitely. Or it could be some combination of the two even, right? Mm -hmm. And I know we'll dive more into this as we continue this conversation, but I think for me, that's something I really learned as we started to explore this topic is that accountability should be something that's shared. Like there's, there's very few circumstances that I can think of, even if one person is at fault in a situation where both people don't yeah. still own a little bit of accountability, whether that mm. was because they could have communicated differently or had a different reaction. Mm -hmm. But there, there is always going to be accountability on both mm -hmm. parties' side. Yes. And there, there's a couple other things that I that triggered this thought about. Um, the one that really caught my attention on the negative accountability was blaming that word blame. So you said um, defensive and then they're feeling personally attacked and then there's a blaming. Right. And so let's say you're cleaning the garden, you're out gardening and then the rake is there and you trip on the rake and why'd you put the rake there? Well, why don't you use your eyes and see where you're going? Like that thing of I'm going to blame you for me tripping on the rake. Mm -hmm. There I go again. What is it with me? <laughs> Examples. <laughs> I don't even garden, but why? Why just my I like, imagination? It's like a theme, like home renovation, paint cans, rakes. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, where do these thoughts come from? So anyways, but it's that blaming thing. This wasn't my fault. This had to be somebody else's fault. And I think that is another slippery slope. 
Yes. When it comes to negative accountability is you're quick to uh, blame. And the other one was making excuses. Right. Yes. So I remember, I remember in the flu bog days and the training about not being late. And well, the bus was late. Yes. But I'm, well, why are you late? Well, because I woke up late. There we go. You know, it's that is. thing. It was the bus. The bus showed up late. Yes. And the bus was really slow and the bus was really crowded. It couldn't have been me. I'm not the reason I'm late for work. You know, <laughs> but it's that excuses where we come up with excuses and, and, and it just, the dog ate my homework, you know, the whole classic stuff. So that would be the other one too that I was really drawn to is the blaming and making excuses. Yeah, I agree. And one more before we move on to our, our next point, I will say also an unhealthy way that accountability can be enacted is when it becomes a weapon. So we did already touch on this a little mm. bit, to, but, but to further solidify my point, this idea that you can use accountability as a weapon against others or even against yourself. So when, as you were saying, when you start to place that blame, when it goes into that place of, well, Karen, why, why did you put the rake there? How, you need to be accountable for the fact that you put the rake oh. in a bad spot. And like now I'm using this idea of accountability and I'm actually just using it as a weapon against you to make you feel bad or to try and elicit some sort of negative or confrontational response from you, right? Yes, yes. Um, and additionally, I think we can even do that to ourselves. I think sometimes we can use accountability as a weapon against ourselves. Like, well, I should have known better. I should have done that. I should have been accountable for my actions because I know that this is how they were going to react. And now you're just, you're taking all the blame for yourself. Yes. That's, that's not accountability either. And not healthy I'm, accountability. You know, when, so Brenda, people listening, Brenda was the one who sent me this email and it was so good. And the question, this might be a good way uh, where to bring this up. The question that you asked in the email is, if you are self-aware and you really you really are mindful of your behaviors and you really it, do we sometimes take accountability upon ourselves that we hold ourselves accountable because we hold ourselves to certain standards and so we're going to be quick to own the problem and quick to take responsibility Mm -hmm. And I thought that was like, of course, you said it much more eloquently than that. But I really that was what I heard you say in the email was that this this thing of what do you do also when you falsely take account you're falsely taking accountability for your actions. And it's not and or what if you're doing it to set the tone and then, yeah, you're right. OK, it's your fault. And then it doesn't turn into a conversation. So that's not necessarily the way to start a, a conversation either mm -hmm. is taking starting with I'm going to take. I'm going to be accountable for this. The conversation is a very mutual conversation. Right. So, yeah, blaming yourself. Sometimes we tend to do that too, or we feel guilty. You know, mm -hmm. we put a lot of guilt on ourselves thinking it's worse than it really is. And, oh, if I didn't say that, then maybe this would have never happened. So. Right. Those woulda, coulda, shoulda's. Yes. That we all know are not helpful in any aspect of life, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the other thought I mean, again, this is from us doing rabbit trails on, on articles. I, I thought it was, I really, where I'm interested as we go along, I'm interested to hear what you say. The one that really caught my attention is emotional accountability, being uh, accountable for the way I am emotional or the way I portray my emotions. And that one's really sparked my interest. So I'm looking forward to 
when we get into the healthy stuff. So there's a lot like right there, like look at all the examples of unhealthy accountability. And again, it's only 30 minute podcast, but right. <laughs> just the fact that we could come up with like six or seven, just like that on the fly, it just shows you that how, how important this topic is. Right. And it shows you that it is something that we likely all are guilty of doing at some mm-hmm. point in our lives. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great segue. Let's move on to what healthy accountability can look like. Okay. So this is when we start to get into that place that I was talking about, this idea of sharing accountability, that it shouldn't be Karen is the only person accountable in this situation or Brenda's taking all the accountability. It There has to be a shared accountability. And as I was saying earlier, there may be some circumstances where there's a really clear right and wrong or a really clear like, this person messed up. However, I want to challenge that because I think that even in that situation, the other person still has something to be accountable for. And again, whether that's the way that they choose to react to that situation, the way that they communicated to begin with or afterwards, maybe there's just a lesson for them to learn about what gets triggered inside of them when they're in that sort of you know, situation. But even if there's one person that's clearly in the wrong and one person that's clearly in the right. It's not so cut and dry. It isn't. I so agree with you. I so agree with you. And I, I want to, I want to go revisit that. So before I do, there's three things that I noticed in reading that I strengthen mutual accountability and you'll know you're in mutual accountability. If you see these three traits, one is there's a deep level of trust between the two people. The second one is it's going to strengthen when you have these moments that these challenging or tricky conversation, when you're done with it, you're actually going to become stronger because of it. I thought that was really cool. And the third one is it minimizes mistakes. When both people come to the table and they start having this mutual accountability, you're the next time note to self. Okay. Next time I I'll be careful here. I'll be mindful here. The next time I'll be mindful here and we'll avoid this mistake again. So it minimizes the mistakes. So I thought that was really cool. Trust, a strengthening in the relationship and it minimizes mistakes, future mistakes, and it resolves mistakes quicker. So anything with it just, it really simplifies mistakes when both people come to the table. So that, those are the three ones that really caught my attention. Agreed. Yeah. And, and what I like about the mistakes thing for me, I take that further in my mind where it also minimizes on miscommunication, right? Which which is very similar to a mistake, but I think you're also going to find an ease in conversation with that person moving forward because you're going to understand each other's communication styles a little bit better. You're going to have learned something about each other when it comes to that particular sensitive topic. So I think mm-hmm. it also can reduce miscommunication with that individual as you move mm-hmm. forward. So I'm really interested in going back to the emotional part because there's something I noticed there that I want to bring up again. And I really like this thing when you said, I got to challenge this. I need to challenge this because um, it this may look like it's your fault, but there's two people here. And mm-hmm. And I think there, I have so many thoughts on that as well. There are a lot of times in relationships or at work where um, it looks like, oh, the relationship, oh, you know, someone will be blamed for how a relationship goes. Mm-hmm. But if you, tr- that's the symptom 
to the problem that was taking place earlier than that. And imagine what would have happened if there was conversations happening maybe even years before the symptom of the relationship fell apart. And that's what I liked about you said, like, it's not so easy to just say one person's right and one person's wrong. There's our mutual accountability is what part do I play in this Mm -hmm. that led us to this point? What part am I playing? So that ties with the emotions. So for me, I know it's my emotions that get the best of me um, in conversations. And that's where I have to hold myself accountable, no matter how right I might be, innocently right, naively right, purely right, whatever. I still have to hold my emotions in check. Um, and I, I, and so that's my thing is it doesn't every time, like I, it is an exercise of the will for me to monitor my emotions because I don't know how I'm coming across sometimes. And so I know for me, it's, that's, that's probably the, the muscle that I constantly am learning to grow is how do I hold my emotions, myself accountable in, in my emotions? So that's where, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on the whole emotional side of holding ourselves accountable. I, first of all, I tend to also be the way that you're describing. I, I, I also am a person that I think my emotions are the thing that I need to monitor for sure. Um, I really like what you said a moment ago about the the history behind yeah. the conversation too. I think that that piece is so important, like the context, right? Mm. You, need make sh- you need to account for the context of the situation and the nuance. Mm. And I mean, we've talked about that so many times on this podcast, like it's not black and white. There's nuance, yes. there's a grayscale, there's paradox. There's all of these things that go mm. into the situation that's being culminating. Um but on the emotional piece, definitely, I I feel that this is a place that I hesitate to say this because I don't like making de- definitive statements like this. But I would say that almost all humans probably do need to focus on this part. Mm-hmm. Like, if there is mm-hmm. no other part that you feel that you should be taking accountability for in a circumstance... I can guarantee you, you can at least be accountable for your emotions. Mm, mm, <laughs> like, so good. So good. Everyone has them. And, yeah. and we all, I mean, some people are really evolved. Don't get me wrong. Some people are super evolved. They're super aware of themselves. They really know how to communicate well. I've never met a human that does that perfectly. No. And also <laughs> just because you can stay calm in your words doesn't mean your energy is not being oozing out of you right and that's what like when i do the workshop for deal with it now and deal with it later in the workplace yes there's gonna be some more people who emote but the there's also passive aggressive there's also um that quietness that comes across superior um and that superiority is why would you need to come across superior in this emotionally superior like you have to keep that in check. Is that a, is that a protection so that you win? Right. Well, if I stay calm, I'll win. Well, that's not a mutual accountability. Right. That's what part of my plane that might be creating this emotional reaction. Right. So it's so true. Like it may come across, I've noticed people will come across like they're calm, cool and collected and you think, but you're not, you're, you're just able to hold your words and you know, that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean, 
So maybe, maybe their accountability is I've come on, say something, say something, say something real. Come on, think of it. Think, 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 say something right. real and honest and raw and vulnerable. So I can be part of this conversation. But exactly. a lot of times just because you're cold or quiet doesn't mean that you're holding your emotions accountable. Right. And exactly because that is still a mo- an emotional reaction to have, mm-hmm. Yeah. right? It's, it's one where you're pushing your emotions down or not acknowledging them yes. or feeling them, but that is still a way to experience emotion. Like that is mm-hmm. still an emotional reaction. Mm-hmm. So just because you may be cool and calm and collected, or just because you're not out here, you know, crying or making mm-hmm. grand gestures, like your, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Your rejection of emotion is still an emotional reaction, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. Think of the concept of like totally. voting, how like, if you choose not to vote, that's still a political decision sort of wow. thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So and, like and if you're choosing not to have emotions, that's, that's still emotional. Yes. Yes. There's still a reason behind not doing it. Right. It, it really, I liked what you said that I think it, it, it's going to be a universal, a universal truth that when we struggle with taking accountability, it's because our emotions have got the best of us. When we get defensive, blame, make excuses, react, um, self-protect, we're not able to go into accountability because now our emotions are involved. You know, we're disappointed, we're angry, we're hurt, we're sad, we're... So um, on the thing of trust, I thought um, I thought it was really cool that to trust you that I can have this conversation with you and I trust that it's going to be a great conversation and I trust that we're going to have really good result from it. And I trust we're going to grow from it. And I trust we're going to become stronger and I trust we're going to fix our mistakes. Who doesn't want that? Right. <laughs> you know, like in the workplace or in your personal life, like I, I like, could it be just a question that, to truly be extraordinary at self-accountability, mutual, I like the way you say it, mutual accountability, would the first step is to build a deep trust so that we can have mutual accountability. Would that almost be step one? How do we establish trust between us so we can have mutual accountability? What do you think about that? I like what you're putting down. I I do think that would be a good, I haven't, Honestly, I hadn't thought about it in that way <laughs> before before now. So I am kind of having like a bit of a light bulb moment as you said that. But I do think that makes sense to be a starting point. Um, to add to that, I think it was you that told me this at some point in life. And if I'm getting it wrong, then I apologize. But I feel like at some point you said something along the lines of how Oh, no, it was the other way around. Respect is always given, but trust yeah. is earned. Yeah. And so that's my mind goes there um, in this conversation, this idea of if that trust isn't there, I th- is I do think you do need to establish the trust um, to be able to find this mutual accountability more readily. But then my mind goes to if the trust isn't there, can you at least bring respect to the table? Because if you can bring respect to the table, then you can still find that place of mutual accountability rather than mm-hmm. going into the negative place of blaming or mm-hmm. weaponizing accountability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. 
I like that. And also I was thinking about um, when you strengthen your relationships, like mutual accountability, the purpose, like maybe we, it will help us to be, to inspire, to hold mutual accountability as a high priority, a high principle, because it's purpose is not only to have trust, but it's to strengthen the relationship. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you are a manager and you have a team that reports to you and you're in crunch time and you're going to, you may not make your deadline. And so now you're pushing everybody to work overtime because you've got to get this deadline on time. The manager would take, be accountable for allowing this 11th hour high stress environment. The team cooperated, but the manager could take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. The team can take responsibility for um, maybe time management or um, really setting their priorities straight so that they could re- reduce the level of stress. But what happens is the team will blame the boss and the boss will blame the team. And mm-hmm. What would happen is if the boss would say, hey, let's sit down. We got to do a round table here. Let's look at all the factors that list here, where I went wrong, where you went wrong, and let's unpack this so that the next time we won't do this again. Mm-hmm. That is a bonding moment that is establishing trust. It's you're bonding over something because now you're forward thinking with it. Mm-hmm. But if the boss never sits the people down at the round table and go, look, we're going to have to debrief because this, I'm not happy. And I'm guessing you're not happy either. So we got to, we got to check out each other's blinders here, you know, the, our blind spots. So that's where, you know, that thing of really pulling, pulling a relationship closer, even personally in dating, marriage, friendship, whatever. Right. And so a moment ago you were talking about, uh, or you said something about expectations. And I know when we were looking as far as solutions or ways that you can be in healthy accountability, that was one of the things that I came across was this idea of setting clear expectations and having like a clear goal. And I do think that that translates a little bit more to the workplace setting than it does to your personal life. But I do still think we can take that concept when we Mm -hmm. are looking at our personal life um, to try and make sure that accountability isn't being thrown around or you're not placing blame on others to really make sure that you are both working towards the same goal and you have clear expectations about how to get there. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and and you got me thinking about personal relationships. Um, mutual accountability is an action and an emotion. So one person did an action, which causes an emotion, or one person did an action, causes an emotion. So you're both bringing the two elements to the round table. I'm bringing the emotion of frustration And I'm bringing the emotion that what I did is you're blaming me for something I did or you're accusing me of something I did or you're defensive for something I did. So this is what is the action and what is the emotions in this conversation so that there's mutual accountability. Is that really the best emotion to use when this action happens? And is that really the best action to do, but you know me? 
do do you not know this side of me? Then I'd like to explain a little bit about me that it's that I didn't know this action was going to upset you. Okay, well, let's get to know each other all over again. You know, that round table mm-hmm. where so why so when, why as we move forward, we can learn from this and keep, keep going. So right. I, I like that this action and emotion comes together. I do. I really like that as well. And I like the way that you're framing it, um, you know, to, to really look at those things when you are, if you are finding yourself in a disagreement, like see mm-hmm. if you can follow that linear pathway. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for saying that because that's the reason I said that is what you said earlier about the history Sometimes there's a history attached. Now I got to be accountable that my history doesn't, that my history doesn't, I don't bring my past into a new relationship. So there's accountability there. This is not that. This is this, this is new. And so that's in there. There we can be mutual accountable is this is a new chapter. So bringing old chapters into something new isn't also healthy either. Yeah, exactly. Well, as as happens, we are running shy on time. I have one more thought that I'd like to bring to the table. It's a, a bit of form of a question. Feel free to answer it, Karen, or we can leave it rhetorical for the audience. But my, my closing thought here, this question that I have is, if you're listening to this and if you're a person that finds it difficult to take accountability for yourself, if you find that maybe you're like, okay, I am a bit guilty. I I tend to expect other people to hold themselves accountable, but I don't necessarily always take myself or keep myself accountable. My question is, why wouldn't you want to take accountability? (laughs) Because for me, the way that I view accountability is if I can monitor my actions, or if I can make an easy change in the way that I'm going to communicate or respond to things, et cetera, and that's only going to make outcomes easier for me, if I'm only going to gain trust, if I'm going to strengthen my relationships, and if I'm going to lessen my miscommunications and my mistakes, what is, why wouldn't I want to take accountability? Mm -hmm. Okay, love that. And I'm going to tag that with this. We're not talking about taking responsibility. We're talking about taking accountability. Right. And responsibility is a mutual thing. Once you have mutual accountability, you can both or collectively as a team take responsibility. But I think what happens is we, misgu- we get misguided by those two words. So we're not, we're not talking about taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. You're not fully, wholly responsible, but where can you hold yourself accountable so that you can be stronger in your relationship, have a greater trust and minimize mistakes. So I like that. There we go. And that is a good distinction. I think that's a good distinction for us to end on. If you're finding yourself being resistant to, to having accountability, is it because you're actually thinking of responsibility? Mm-hmm. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know it was a lot of fun for us to put together and I personally learned a lot So we thank Thank you you for being here. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And join us again next week on Do That Well.